Yo, what's up? It's your boy Kaz here once again. Third episode of Say Less. And uh, hope everybody's staying safe out there, doing what they can to help slow the spread of coronavirus. Um, fun episode today. Uh, I got a good friend, uh, Rosalind Gold Unwoody, joining the show. She is uh, one of the hosts of First Take, but you can also uh, catch her as the host of Don't At Me. On the Plays Tribune, it live streams on Twitter, and uh, she's just dope. She does a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, she also was a sideline reporter for the Golden State Warriors during their run to the championship. She uh, played D1 ball for Stanford, was the former Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year, uh, member of Nigerian uh, basketball national team. Uh, and the uh, born in Queens or raised in Queens rather, and a fellow Nigerian as well. Went to Arthur Malloy High School and is the first female Division One basketball player in the high school's history. Anybody that knows anything about Archbishop Malloy in high school know that their men's program is legit, but she legitimately put the girls' program on the map. So shout out to Roz. Uh, this is a fun conversation. We talk about everything from... Uh, coronavirus and social distancing to growing up in Nigerian households to basketball and the business of sports and how everything's just kind of been affected so far this past year. So um, let's get to it and hit the goddamn music. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, Roz? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, just maintaining, maintaining, trying not to go crazy during this whole thing. I know, it's crazy, it really is, like, It is, like, some contagion type shit, I've never, this is crazy. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to worry about, and in general, like, my nature, I'm kind of a worrier, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I'm, like, definitely a hypochondriac myself, I think it's the the Pisces in me, so... Crying last night, like I'm like, bro, you are being dramatic. Yo, this shit sucks, <laughs> dog. Like, I'm like, I'm in the house with everything around me, and I'm still like, I can't do jail. Fuck that. <laughs> like, I'm like, bro, you can. This is making me think of jail. Like, I just want to go outside. I want to go outside. <laughs> All right, know. give me uh, give me two seconds. I'm gonna intro you, and then we'll just get into the conversation. You right? All right, cool. All right, cool. Alright, so coming up on Say Less uh, is a person that I've been a huge fan of for a long time, not just as a broadcaster, but as a pro basketball player, as a Nigerian, as a Queens native. Uh, she also used to do the play uh, analyst job for uh, Golden State Warriors, and now you can catch her on First Take with ESPN, and don't at me with the Players' Tribune, am I correct? Yes, you got it all. Got it all. Alright, we got Roz Gold on Woody. On the show today, first off, I know we were just talking before we did the whole intro, but it's it's been a little crazy out there recently, right? Like, ugh. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, and I feel like each day is different. And, you know, not to sound like a public service announcement, but the check-ins on kind of like your, your wellness and your health and, you know, just how you're feeling are absolutely necessary. And everything that we're feeling is so valid. Like, there are days where I'm like... Yeah, this is great. I'm really learning a lot about myself. I'm out here cooking at home. Everything's going well. And there are days where, like, where I'm literally just sitting 
with anxiety about like what this means for the economy will there be a recession like will there be budget cuts like is when can I visit my mother she's sick you know how can I visit her without having a test like all sorts of things so it's crazy how about you yeah I mean same uh you know I was telling you before we went live I'm a bit of a hypochondriac myself so I when, (laughs) when I started seeing this thing kind of like spreading across the world I'm like I'm telling my girl, I'm like, okay, we're staying in the house. We're not going out. Like, love the kids, love the nephews and nieces, but like, we got to stay in, like, because this this shit is coming and we got to be uh, ready for it. But yeah, like, some days I was like, you know, this is cool. I'm I'm a lot more productive at home and built up the home office and stuff, and it's fine. And then there's days where literally, I think it was uh, yesterday morning, I was, I just had to just cry. I just had to be like, I, I just felt just so much anxiety and just so much, you know, just feelings that I never thought I'd have to think about so soon so quickly and it was just like it, it just overwhelms me for a while but I, I feel like that's healthy I feel like you gotta yeah. try to let that out you know it's so it's so healthy it's so valid it's so normal it's so okay like you cried yeah yeah I, I legit cried like I was just like Man, I mean, in between, you know, we're, you know, obviously not to your level, but like, you know, we all work in sports and in media and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, wow, like, when are we going to get back to work? And then when it's like, you know, you know, shit is real when nobody's trying to like lose money. Right. And once people started pulling out and like things weren't happening, then you're like, okay, is there even going to be a season? I'm like, forget a season. Is life going to get back to normal? You know what I'm saying? And it's just. Absolutely. It, it, it's it's one of those things where it's it's been a crazy uh, couple of days and it, I feel like it's it's only going to get worse. But well, we're not here. Going to share this, yeah. And, you know, it's not shared with, with anybody really. But you know, I cried too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like... cry. Like it was like weird. I mean, I think it was like kind of early. You know, my life is so. First of all, I'm an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Um, everything in my nature would not do well with this. Like, like in my nature, I'm an extrovert. I like people. I like being out. Um, on top of that, I am my mother's daughter. I'm a warrior. So, <laughs> you know, for me to sit and then my lifestyle with my job is, you know, I at least travel every single week, at least multiple times in a week. I'm always at something for my job and also part of my lifestyle. So like to set, and then on top of that, you know, I live alone. I have my own home. Like, I, I live alone. So to sit in your place with not, nowhere to go and also the feeling, too, of not knowing what is next or what is to come career-wise, like, you know, scheduling-wise. Um, and then on top of that, like, the worrying that I would do about all the different things. It's like – and then during that one moment, I was kind of in my feelings, and I kind of felt like nobody had texted me or called or reached out. <laughs> and I was at first, like, I mean, everybody's been blowing me up since, but I, I, I did feel like in that moment, I was just like having a moment, and I was like just feeling really alone, and I was just sitting in my home, literally with nothing to do, and I was like, like just so sad, and I, I like started to cry and just let it out, and then I actually reached out to somebody else, and we had a nice convo. And then I found TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tell me about the TikTok, okay? Because I'll follow you on Instagram, but I still feel like TikTok is is a generation away from me. But I feel no, like I'm, I'm, I'm getting forced into being a TikToker. So can you please no, explain no. to us 
thirty somethings. What, what's what's I'm going on there? I'm definitely representing for all the aunties on <laughs> there's an auntie TikTok culture, you know, booming right now. We're out here. I see. I see. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen I've seen Braun in there, and I'm like, okay, we got some 30 year olds in there. It's, it doesn't. Nah, there's grown folk in there, and like mad celebrities. All your like 25 to 35 year old celebrities are on there, but like not anywhere near as engaged as they are on their Instagram. But they're on there. Yeah, it's definitely. I kind of feel like the moves feel kind of like cheerleadery, <laughs> so because honestly, the way I'm, I need maybe I need more time on TikTok, but I feel like a lot of like the most popular people. I don't want to make see. This is why they shouldn't allow thirty year olds on TikTok. <laughs> I'm making a socioeconomic like think. Oh no, go ahead. I'm a, I'm a I'm a tinfoil hat fan. So anytime I can conspire about some shit, I'm all I'm all about it. <laughs> That's why they take your old off your old ass off this track. Everybody's trying to dance and have fun. Everybody's trying to hear about the fact that mostly I do feel like the people with the most followers tend to be like these rich white pe- white girls. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. They have a lifestyle, the homes that they're in, like, and the cheerleader. The moves are so like someone did one TikTok that I was crying laughing. They said TikTok for LA girls, and it's like all the moves with like the elbow move and like the hands up and like all these like really basic moves. And then it's like TikTok for the Bay, and it's like yeah, you know, like that was more your speed. But what you call it? No, TikTok's all I have now. It's my best friend. Um, <laughs> I don't have, it, you know, it, it's also an eye opener. It's like, damn, maybe I should have gotten married and had kids by now. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> can, I, really can I tell you something? <laughs> this whole thing has really taught me that I have zero hobbies. <laughs> I'm, like, oh. I'm like, I used to do bad shit. Like, I used to play piano. I used to like do all. I used to like try and fuck around Fruity Loops and make beats. I used to do all these things. Well, what yeah, happened to my talents? Out. You went to Last Lab every night. Last yes, Lab. that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Last Lab ruined lives, man. I used to be able to. In, I used to be into shit, and now it's, it's all gone. It's all fucking gone. So, are you going to tap into any of your talents? Then? Yeah, I mean, you know what I've done. I've 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 built up a little home studio in my office, so I, I'm going to pull out. I still have my little acoustic guitar that I never touch anymore. Uh, I had a piano. I, I I used to build shit. Like I used to be really handy. And now wow, I lost a, all of that. <laughs> get it back. No, I think that's a differentiator in men. Yeah. These days. Oh, a handyman. Mm. Wow. Go ahead. It's, it's speak on it. Speak on Speak on no, why I'm a handyman saying, like, is. You know, there's something about a man that can build you like a chair or mm-hmm. like the table has a wobble in it. He can fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know. Call me old fashioned. Ain't nothing old fashioned about it, man. <laughs> you, you handy. I mean, you know, nobody wants to be useless. So. You know, uh, yeah, man. So that I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and like pick up a new instrument. That's what I think I'm gonna do. Like, if what are you gonna do? That's such a big thing to do. It is, work. but it takes mad time. <laughs> it takes a shit ton of time. So it's like, okay, like this will be, this will be fun. Like by the time I'm like halfway decent in it, like two months will pass, and it'd be like, oh shit, where all the time go? <laughs> um, I think so. Wait, what are you gonna do? I'm, I'm so. I don't want a drum set, and I feel like the piano's too easy. So, like, maybe I'm, I'm all wowing for like what? trying to teach piano myself the saxophone. <laughs> a piano's easy, man. Like, nobody goes. Did you take piano lessons as a kid or something? I put. I'm Nigerian. I played piano, <laughs> piano for eight years. Oh God! But did you? But you take lessons? That's that's the question. 
Yeah, no, I took lessons. Ah, see, that's just lazy. Come on, son. Like, you could teach us up the piano after after a few uh, wow, hours by yourself. I think you're more musically inclined than most people. I didn't. So I, I found that for me as someone who was always studious mm-hmm. and understood, like, the value of practice and stuff, that I was good at it. And also, as a nice Nigerian girl, I wanted to make my parents proud nice. and all this and that. So, like... I play. I was good at it, but I don't think that it was in my soul. So, like, I never really unleashed a passion for it the way I did with basketball. Mm. But are you saying that you kind of have this natural talent with music that you could just pick up piano? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, I, I used to play the trombone when I was younger. I played piano. Lessons? Uh, yeah, no, no less. I mean, I, went, I was in band for a little bit. Like, they taught me, like, the basics of, like, notes and, you know, how certain things sound and where they're positioned on, like, on the, how to, like, read music. So if you know how to read music, you could pretty much play a piano pretty easily. It's like learning like drum notes and learning like woodwind notes are slightly different, but pianos are so baseline, you feel like it's a little easier to pick up. All right. Well, that's my quarantine challenge. (laughs) I want at the end of the month, Uh, at at the end of April. Yeah. I'm going to check in and see if you can play a tune on the trombone. Or what was it that you said? I, I can play the trombone. I was like, am I wild if I try and teach myself the saxophone? Like, maybe. Maybe no, I can figure it out. The saxophone is a vibe. Yeah. You ever heard a song and there's a saxophone solo? Yes, exactly. And, and I feel like... You know, I'm watching a lot of shit in Italy with, like, you know, people playing music in their windows and doing all this type of shit. Like, no, nope. mm-hmm. I would be so pissed off if I'm, like, if I can't hear nothing or I can't be around people and somebody's playing, like, some some terrible techno music. I don't think anybody <laughs> would be pissed off if, like, they hear, like, a saxophone coming out of somebody's house. I'm like, oh, all right, that's a little smooth. Oh, that is so true. See? But I feel like, are you going to be ready in two weeks to be serenading people out of windows? In two? Oh, know. gosh. Maybe we two. don't want to hear your, like, sax, like, trials <laughs> and tribulations. Like, well, people, I, you know what? I've been doing it for years. <laughs> <laughs> if I can hit a chorus, if I can, like, if I can hit, like, maybe, like, a nice little eight bar, I'm good. I'm like, okay. Like, all you really know, all you really need is the eight bars. Like, all the little intricate, you know, verses and stuff like that. Like, just hit a chorus. Hit the four to eight bars. Somebody recognizes it. It's like, oh, okay, I know that song. And you just play it throughout. <laughs> easy trick. Easy trick. Easy, easy, easy. Well, so, I'm not trying to pick up music necessarily, yeah. but the things that I've... I've been productive as hell. Okay, so what you what you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm low-key like, damn, I did everything already. But... Uh, but I mean, like I, I described to you what my lifestyle is like. So often my house is just, you know, pop in, you know, repack and leave. And so like, you know, there'll just be like a pile of, you know, clean laundry that I haven't re-put in the closet or, you know, just like different little things that I wanted to get to. My house is so clean. Mm-hmm. It is so organized. I purged my closet. <laughs> um, my I've never seen my fridge so so full. I've been cooking at home. Um, I've been working. I, I bought the mirror, the one with like the trainer in the mirror. Nice. Christmas. Nice. Great investment. Actually, uh, TJ and I like went in on it. Was like, yo, we gonna get this. This sounds dope. Mm. And then we was on each other because we hadn't used it yet. And now it's like coming in majorly in the clutch, like having a trainer in the home. Yeah, definitely. Um, shout out to TJ, man. I love TJ. Shout out to TJ, fans, mm. friends of the show. Yes, sir. Friends of the show. He'll be on it. He'll be on here one day. I'll, I'll grab him up for something. Oh yeah, that's a fascinating convo. And mm-hmm. then 
Um, honestly, like I've called my, I call my family every day. Um, I'm like, you know, more in touch with self, like just everything I'm working out. I take jogs outdoors, like low key in some ways, it's definitely made me a better person in some ways. Like, um, I've projects, there was a project that I actually had pitched, was discouraged on, wanted to do on my own, didn't have the time to do it. I'm now going to bring that to life. I'm working with an editor. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, one of my goals was to just get on the TikTok platform, and I've been having fun with it. Um, then um, I, like, um, have figured out a bunch of other things, that, like, you know, finished responding to my emails, all stuff like that. And I low-key think I'm losing weight during all of this because I'm not eating You can't eat out. Exactly. Now, listen, if, so, somebody, if somebody came up to you in the beginning of the year, right, and okay. told you, this is probably going to sound a little insensitive. Somebody told you at 2020, these are your New Year's resolutions, right? Like, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going <laughs> to follow up on my projections. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out. I'm going to learn all these new hobbies. I'm going to be more in touch with my family. The only thing is there might be a slight plague, right? <laughs> would, you, would you take that? <laughs> Dog, that's what it takes for us to be productive. <laughs> like, like, and you know what's so funny? The, uh, a few, I was always like eight hours. Ahead. I was like literally eight hours ahead of the curve yeah. on all of this. Yeah, like, like by mostly by luck, but like just I'm on Twitter. I you know am thoughtful about my community and society. So like, I made a bunch of you know good moves in some ways. Some of them I, I didn't make all the right decisions because I didn't know what to think about, but. Like, for instance, I kind of noticed, like, the league was, uh, the NBA got shut down, and, like, then everybody was shutting stuff down, and I was like, you know what, I'll probably, that to me signaled, um, and also, like, ESPN called me and said, we're not going to travel to you in every week, because our travel procedures are changing, this is before everything got locked down. Right. And I was like, all right, well, I'm probably going to be home for a little bit, so I, I was actually really, like, thrilled at the idea, I was kind of like, all right, well, you know, let me just go get some food at the grocery store. So I'm just, I'm gonna cook home. I'm gonna cook at home this week. Like mm-hmm. that's fine. Like mm-hmm. if it hadn't been announced that it would be like a month or you know maybe two or something. So I go into the grocery store. I literally caught it like eight hours before everything was wiped out. And like I got in there and it, it was already packed. And I had to come in there to like get some like you know some fresh meat and like something to make for dinner that night or right. something. And then I seen everybody was pandemic shopping. And I was like, oh, shit, well, let me get my pandemic shopping on. So I actually was able to stock up on a few things and get stuff and leave. Um, the only mistake I made was I bought a six-pack of eggs, and I should have bought more. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm out of eggs. but um, Yeah, I felt so the same way. Eggs. Like, I, I think, you know, the first thing that got canceled a few weeks back, I think uh, they were doing, like, this Black Twitter seminar, like, with, with TJ and, and Goddess and those people. And they were flying in people from all over the country. And then that got shut down. And then I was supposed to go speak at South by Southwest. And then oh, they're me like, too. I was supposed to be, and I, that, oh God, we would have been there together. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're telling me like, yo, you know, we're, we're keeping an eye on it. And, uh, you know, this, this might happen. And then that gets shut down. And then I'm just like, okay, some, something's not right. So that's when it's like, you know, let's just, let's just, just in case shit hits the fan, let's go shopping. Let's go build some stuff. Let's let's get the house in order just in case we're going to be here for a while. Because if I know anything about people, I know people don't like losing money. And once flights started getting canceled and events started getting canceled and, and, and uh, sponsors are pulling out of stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, something's, something's terribly, terribly wrong here. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Terribly, I mean, it's, terribly it's, wrong. You know, and um, I don't know how, how you make... 
you know, exactly how you make your money. But, um, and, and I feel a lot for not just the sports people, but, you know, my DJ friends, my freelance yeah. friends, my creatives, those who make money on the events around things like South by Southwest or, you know, festivals, Coachella or March Madness or the NBA finals. Like, you know, these, there were some, like there are people I know in sports who make their whole freelance, you know, salary off of March Madness, you know, mm. and like um, that didn't come their way, you know, and there are certainly bags that, of course, I'm missing, um, you know, however, there are some things that I, you know, still, you know, they, the paycheck comes in weekly no matter what. But um, there, you know, like it, it, it's in the short term, it's scary financially. Um, uh, a, a lot of our friends are creatives. A lot of our friends are sports people like whether in a scary like you know whatever bags you might be losing financially it's scary also like kind of you know keeping your presence and visibility around right and then more than i'm i'm less concerned about like short term i'm more like what is this going to mean for companies in a year like will budgets be tighter like you know are people going to be you know will will there be layoffs are people less likely to you know you're trying to renegotiate your deals is your timing going to be off even if they love you like you know so like um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Like, I, I had a couple of pilots that I was literally supposed to shoot last week. I think one with Complex and one with Revolt. And Revolt's set, but, you know, the Complex one is like, okay, we're, we're still selling it. So now I'm just like, all right, that's, you know, still getting shot, but I'm sure budgets are going to be way different now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and when it comes to certain events and being, okay, we need you for All-Star. We need you for WrestleMania. Or we need you for one of these things. And it's like, okay, all these events are are slowly closing and granted like you said short term it sucks but long term you know long term and i completely we are you know we're so similar in like a lot of the stuff like you know things that i had like lined up that were either i was pitching or it was being pitched to me you know even just like side things some of them are postponed some of them are like whatever the way i've thought to deal about to, to think about it is i'm just imagining that none of that comes through right I'm moving forward preparing you know as though it won't and would be very thankful and happy if it did i'm um i'm reassessing the way in my career field and for whoever's listening whatever your career field is but um how do i continue to make impact and um and at the moment my focus isn't necessarily on what is making money. It's just like, where can I exist, um, build momentum and, you know, do something that I care about in this space. And I believe that eventually, I mean, like right now, everybody's scrambling, everybody's trying to figure stuff out. Everybody's trying to get digital right now. People that never been digital is like, you go on your Instagram right now. Yo, how many Instagram lives are on right now? (laughs) It's it's a, it's a great space for somebody who's absolutely bored. You can bounce in and out, but it's like, get lost you could be in there with like freaking you know i don't know rihanna enough if he was in there with rihanna people would be too dead oh yeah absolutely you could get lost in there you know so it's like just being patient even maybe taking a week a week just to kind of watch what's happening and what do you like and then diving in could be good but um just trying to just trying to figure all of that out like i don't know and then like these are serious thoughts and then on the other side, like, there's a piece of me that's mad basic and it's like, thank God, you know, there was a pandemic, like, <laughs> and mad of it, like, as we saw it approaching, like, I told you, I was like eight hours ahead. I was mm-hmm. like, I got my lashes done. I got my lashes <laughs> done off. Yo, can we talk about it? Because, no. So the funny thing is, funny story, I was literally with my barber the day before the NBA shut down. 
And he's, you know, and that's my guy, man. Shout out to Vic. He, he lives down the street. And, you know, he's telling me, yo, you want to just come in? Because he's always, he's always trying to get me in the shop or whatever, just to talk shit or just to get a cut. And my dumbass was just like, eh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good, right? Now his shop is shut down and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the struggle. I feel like we're going to get real honest with each other in the next couple of weeks. It's just like... I saw your post. I meant to bring that up. Yo, hairlines across America is... Uh. A struggle that all black men and oh and <laughs> y'all don't know how to shape yourselves up. Don't you got a girl? She can't help you. Yeah, I mean the, the first whoa, the asking my girl to shape me up that is a wild thing to ask. Hell no, I'm sorry. I love my girl to death. I'll I'll, I'll trust my girl with, with, with where the bodies are buried. I'll trust my girl with with the wheel if we do get away from the cops. I'm not giving her my clippers. To cut my hair. <laughs> Ever. And I love that woman to death. But no way, Jose. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. I'm thinking about just coming home. I'm thinking about just coming home at this point. Like, What does that mean? Just, like, just letting it go? Just shave it all off. Just go straight Jordan or Rick Ross with it. I'm and just, so mad It's time. She it's called time. it coming home. Come home. <laughs> we all come home eventually. Either... This is an exciting time for you, like, you know, like, I feel like you got a full head of hair, right? A little bit. I mean, I got some hair, but, like, here's the thing, right? My, my corners, the corners that, that left me a long time ago, and it's starting to, it's, it's, once you lose the corners, it's, it's, you either want to go. LeBron let it go. LeBron yeah. was on IG Live, and he was like, nah, I'm good. Like, he, he was showing that he's not doing haircuts, so if LeBron's letting it go, you can let it go. Man, listen, Bron, Bron has... Facilities not available for many black men across the country. So <laughs> he could say he wants to let it go and then all of a sudden he'll pop up with a brand new hairline by September. Like, where'd that come from? Don't act like we haven't seen it before, man. Right, no, absolutely, absolutely. But like grooming for men and women is a real thing. But I it was funny, like I, <laughs> and there were so many of, of us that was looking at each other that was like you ain't, you ain't, you ain't about nothing. There's a pandemic coming. You ain't here worried about your. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody knew what time it was. Like all the all the ladies was preparing and stuff. Probably caught it in there, but let me stop. Yeah, nah, real shit though. I mean, like, yo, there's there's a lot of things to worry about, and then like at the end of the day, you're just looking at like, damn, I ain't getting no manicure, no pedicure. People, there's some people new in their relationship still, and they're still in the like, <laughs> like so phase, you know? Like they haven't shown that person. Like, there's I know I have friends that are full still in the full face of makeup stage. Oh my god, fans, and I'm like, some of y'all about to be exposed. Like, <laughs> Listen, you gotta um, you gotta love the crust. I always tell people, I'm like, yo, it's real easy to love the toppings and the extra cheese and all that good stuff. But the crust, when you love the crust of the woman, literally and physically, fi- figuratively. <laughs> the crust in the eyes, the crust in the toes. That's when you know. Ew, but I feel like, like I actually am a I am a crust mac and cheese lady myself. I do like the crusty edges of the mac and cheese. Oh yeah, well, yeah, um, that's the best but part. I'm more of a middle of the toast type of lady. Gotcha. You know? Um, but yeah, like so, okay, sorry, but to come back to like we need not only in, in like what I was thinking is okay, not even what I was thinking. I'm not gonna take credit for this. I was reading some articles. I think Barack Obama like tweeted about right, but it's probably likely that. 
this won't be just like some period that we, you know, stay inside and it's over. Like, it's probably likely they were comparing it to like, I forget the name of it, maybe like a Spanish flu or something. I'm forgetting. But like Mm -hmm. that came, went away and came back. Like it may be phases of social distancing that we have to do in order to kind of like curb this out. Mm -hmm. I'm no scientist. This is all those things that I'm reading, whatever. But just the idea of whether or not I'm completely nailing what was being said, but basically like that we may do this social distancing kind of curb this. And then there might be a a slight, you know, relapse where it comes back and we may have to social distance again, but that next social distancing might be shorter and also will be easier because we've already got the practices. We're more used to it. And it may be, you know, kind of something that we should prepare for, like just whatever, if it does come back or not, I think preparing for this to be longer than we're expecting, not just two, three weeks, I think preparing for this, for the recovery from this to, you know, take a while before we see regular everyday life is probably a smart way to go about things. And like coming back to career stuff, like during this time, not just trying to find like short fixes, but also things that like are sustainable, like to continue doing, you know, over time, whether we're in normal times or in a time of, um, you know, in a time of isolation, but, um, just, I think like without making yourself crazy, trying to plan and be prepared. And then actually yesterday I was so, I was having a high anxiety day and I probably spent like an hour in my bed, like just unable to like start because I was thinking about all the things like that. I don't know all the things. And I finally got out of bed and I like frantically was like moving through the things that I thought were important to do during the day. And it was like so cluttered in my head. And I was like, so busy in my head. And I just took a moment to like take a notepad and like write down what I achieved in the day, like just a little, okay, I did this, I did this. And like my head was still unclear. Like I still couldn't really understand why it was good. And I was just trying to, I then wrote down like, you know, I did, I took that, I made that call. And because of that, I was able to establish this or that led to this so that I could see it. And then I looked at my list and I was like, yo, I actually did some things today that were important and meaningful. And like, now I'm going to let go of that and now focus on like my retreat, my, my well-being, like enjoying something, being free. Like, I don't want to look back at this moment and say, I spent the whole time in fear or in anxiety or working more than I was before, but just that I had, but the hard part is like the mental sanity of handling this new world. And so, you know, that helped me. I don't know what helps other people people, but sometimes the mind can get cluttered. And so I just tried to like organize it and just say like, yo, like I did that. Good job. You accomplished something like here it is. That's what it was. And then move on. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, I feel like a lot of people are focused a lot on the physical aspect of this uh, virus. And I feel like a lot of the mental and social and economical fallout from this whole thing is probably being underreported. And, you know, not a whole lot of people are really talking about like, okay, maybe you're well off and you can stay at home and you've saved up a few coins and, you know, you're not going to go homeless or anything like that. You know, there's a whole lot of people that are dealing with a lot of anxiety and mental anguish and just, you know, being around yourself and just hearing those tips of what to do and what's worked for you and what can work for somebody else really um, could put a lot of people at ease. I know myself, I've had, 
you know, I had a, a pretty, I think yesterday I also did, I had a pretty rough episode and ended up crying and, you know, just talked to a few friends and, you know, um, a lot of it is just finding productivity and just finding out what the new normal is and also being prepared that, you know, this isn't the end of it. You know, it's not like falling yourself into a false sense of security and thinking like, okay, after a a few weeks, you know, everything will be back to normal. Like, I think this is just kind of a wake up call for all of us in in not just the country, but the entire world. It's like Mother Nature and God just sat us down and was like, all right, y'all are wilding and this is how you guys got to move (laughs) going forward. Like, it's it's one of those things where, you know... it can never be, there's going to be pre-corona and post-corona, just like this pre-9-11 and post-9-11 and pre-war and post-war. Like, there's going to be a new different world after this that, oh, yes. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll never forget because we as Americans, we love our freedom. We love our ability to work. We love our ability to make money. We love our people and being social, even with all the dangerous shit out there right now. People are still <laughs> going out there and, you know, even if not for them, the rest of us kind of have to be a little bit more responsible with how we move around and, and, and yes. conduct ourselves to make sure that it never gets this bad again. And that goes from, you know, the people we vote in office, from the way we carry ourselves, from the way we talk to each other, from the way from everything. Because like you said, like this is terrible, but, you know, you, you go outside and people are being nicer to each other. People are being a little yes. bit more kinder. People are understanding the gravity of the situation and knowing that we're not going to get through this without being all together on it. Like, fuck your political affiliations, right. your sexual orientation, whatever. Like, we all in this shit. And the human race right. is, like, the only race that should matter at this point. I wish I, I, I couldn't be better said. And I'm, I'm shaking my head so so much through everything you're saying like preach and like i wish our country you know was just better prepared for this moment um but you know what's done is done i i I hope for the um you know the better we do with these two weeks or so first two weeks or so of um social distancing the the quicker this will be over for sure many articles written by scientists are saying this like um, you know, the, and we need full participation. Like, you know, imagine, and it's funny, there have been a number of plagues that have hit, um, you know, the human race over the course of time, over the, over the course, you read the stories in the Bible. So like, you know, things that, you know, we can point to over, not even just humans, like have that things that hit from nature hit the planet earth that have wiped out dinosaurs or different plagues over time and stuff. And so, um, it's just crazy that like you kind of read those as a kid or, or heard of things like that, or even things like the recession, like that isn't that far away, but you kind of felt like it was something for old people and like that you, nothing would happen that would, you know, really set back the hands of time for your generation. And we're absolutely sitting in that. And, um, I think coming out of this, like you remember, like, you know how they talk about people who were, you know, lived during the recession, like, you hear stories of like, you know, my grandmother or something like, you know, doesn't let a piece of the bread go to waste, you know, would eat the crust, like, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah, like, yeah. Keeps, like, keeps a wad of cash underneath her pillowcase or something. Like, I think, you know, the tr- the things that will come out of this, like, you know, will probably be a lot cleaner. Like, you know, I think there'll be a real seriousness about like, perhaps there might be a change in like how much we handshake. Like that might not be something we 
return quickly to or um, or Can we talk about that real quick? I never was a big fan of the handshake. I think the handshake well, was what low. About a dab, though? Yeah, I mean a dap is cool, but like the dap is only better if you can like add extra shit to it. You know what I mean? Like I'm a <laughs> I'm a I'm a hug dapper. Like I'll give you like one slap and then bring you in for one of those pat on the backs. Like I'm I'm that type of dapper. You know what I'm saying? Like I've never I, I'm, one thing that I've really enjoyed from this entire ordeal is people not touching my hands anymore and knowing that you're washing them shits and I will judge you if I'm sitting next to you in the bathroom and watching you just do the the quick the quick uh, dip in, under the water and leave type of move that people <laughs> used to do. So that is a good no. thing and and I, I agree with you on that. Thing. Like pushing elevator buttons, like I think that'll be something. I think people will be more prepared in their homes for isolation moments, like having their homes prepared, um, have like things to do. Like there might even become, you know, a market for you know not only soap sanitizers, but maybe even like act- activities or things that can lead you. Like the Peloton market might go up, you know, the mirror market, like at home gyms might go up after this. Um, and you know, the thing is, is imagine like, this is a deadly, you know, virus. Yes. Like you could die from it, but imagine this was some shit. Like if you like went outside and caught it and breathed it, like your skin would like, you know, fall off. Oh yeah. Could you you imagine if it was really some real shit? Like, and all these people out there, like it's so selfish of Americans, like literally, and not even just Americans, but just human nature. We're like, okay, what, what will kill us? Mm. Uh, All right. I'll do one less thing than that. Like, these kids out there on spring break still, like, trying to hang out. You saw those videos? Yeah. It's like, y'all out here, like, still trying to, like, they literally was like, yo, I'm trying to turn up. Like, we'll figure it. If I get it. If I get it, I get it. It's like, yo. But let me tell you, if this was, like, some shit, like, if you breathe it and catch it, like, your skin will fall off. People would be in their homes frightened, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, who's to say that the future 50 years from now you know, or 40 or something, like maybe even outside of our lifetime, that there isn't another, you know, type of thing that spreads that isn't far more deadly. Like, you know, it's crazy. Like people like Bill Gates were predicting this, like government officials were predicting this years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's only, it's only, it's only a matter of time. It's only evolution. I mean, granted, you know, I'm sure in the next year or two, a vaccine will be developed and, you know, this will be looked at like the common cold or to be looked at like, uh, you know, measles or polio or something like that, you know. So measles was like this? So, like, measles was something that was, like, killing people legit? And, like, then we just wiped it out? Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of things were, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's wow. just it was just an evolution of hygiene and, you know, just, you know, the way society developed. Chicken pox developed. used to really mess people Chicken pox used to like, take people out. They used to take people out, man. Like, the measles, cholera, like, all these things were were deadly nation-sweeping diseases. And, you know, it'll take it a couple of years because now the entire world's working on something to, you know, to cure this or, or vaccinate this. But, you know, of course, there's going to be something else. It may not happen now. It might not happen in 10 or 20 years. But, like, of course, it's going to be something where, you know, the the, the hardest thing about this, and, and I saw uh, Andrew Cuomo, uh, Governor Cuomo, talking about it on the news, is that you can't fight what you can't see. So a lot of people are just going outside and enjoying the peacefulness of not having congested roads and, you know, people being cool and thinking, oh, well, it's not that bad. And, you know, eventually it will be. Eventually there will be something where you see it and you know you got it and you can't run from it, you know. So we just all got to just band together and make this a moment that we don't forget. And make sure, you know, as we as we continue as a society, 
that we take the good things that we are, you know, learning about each other from this into the future. Um, I got a couple more questions. I'll, I'll, I will wrap up uh, real quick, Roz. Um, so this is your first year doing first take, and it is a cherished chair to have. Uh, being in the middle of Stephen A. and Max, and uh, you know, and, and I've seen your journey from you know Archbishop Malloy being the first female. I mean, you know, anybody who's from New York City knows Malloy put a lot of boys hoopers on the map, but you put like the girls program on the map, you know what I'm saying? Like took it from Stanford. Then, you know, uh, your sideline reporter for the golden state warriors during their incredible dynasty of a run. Um, so hosting first take and, and being the moderator for that show. Um, how, how, how's that differed from things that you've done in the past as far as like pressure? Well, it's definitely the biggest platform I've ever been on uh, and had the chance to kind of have that kind of size of audience watching. And um, it's a different role than, you know, sideline reporting where kind of, you know, there are times where, you know, really you're just on TV for like six minutes, maybe total if you add up all the hits, you know, and you're delivering, you know, three facts and, you know, three questions or something like you here you have a chance to, um, really have a voice in some ways. Um, although obviously, you know, the biggest voices, uh, are Stephen A and Max. Um, I do feel the show, the producers, Stephen A, Max have encouraged me, um, to speak up, especially if it's a place where I have passion or especially with basketball topics where literally like I was there, I saw it, I reported on that game, like, you know, to chime in and I feel really respected and encouraged. Um, it is so cool to sit between Stephen A and Max. Like I'd probably be watching the show on TV at <laughs> home, you know, if I wasn't sitting there. So like sometimes just sitting there and like looking at them, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. But, um, so it's so cool. Um, Stephen A is hilarious. Um, they make me think about topics in ways, um, that are thoughtful and that perhaps I hadn't even thought about. Um, and it's just such a cool opportunity. And, you know, at first it kind of was like, you know, almost like a freelance, like, you know, tryout in some ways. And it, it, it went well. Um, Molly Kiram, the host of the show, um, you know, uh, has something where, you know, there's like one day a week where she's not there. And um, so it opened up an opportunity to, to fill in and have a chance to um, host such a big show. And um, it went well. And so I recently kind of just signed a, um, a deal with ESPN and, you know, have a chance to kind of, repeatedly always you know fill in on that day on first on first take but also now like getting mixed in on all their different platforms and that's probably one of the most exciting things about ESPN is like there's so many ways to be on their air so like whether that's hoop streams or now or never or right now during these um kind of corona times um you know having a presence on their digital stuff like going live on like the different you know sports center espn nba on espn um platforms and that's something i'm actually planning to do probably starting monday hopefully but um it is just um exciting i feel like the new kid you know at school um, <laughs> trying to trying to meet everybody trying to mix in trying to learn like what to do and i've reached out to so many people for for advice and, um, you know, I still have, and actually I was able to keep a lot of the other things that I was already doing before this deal even came about. So, um, this year has actually become quite busy and, um, uh, has been a mashup of all of my passion points 
and um, a chance to have a voice in all the different lanes that I want to, a chance to have control of projects, a chance um, to, without anybody, you know, kind of saying no or, you know, you can't, you know, that isn't the network or the brand that you can work with and stuff like that. So to have that freedom and then, um, you know, and, and have not only the TV real estate, but then also, you know, I was already having a presence digitally and socially with like, don't at me, my show with the Players Tribune, it streams live on Twitter or like, you know, other partnerships and things that I'm doing. And then, you know, the analyst seat that I keep with men's and women's college basketball on Pac-12 networks, or actually I've had the chance this year to like mix in on Clippers games as an NBA analyst, which is new in my career. I've been color commentator analyst for men's and women's basketball, WNBA, um, G League, but never analyst on NBA, like only sideline reporter and host. And so I definitely feel like that's one of the highlights of my year so far, and I definitely try my best to channel my inner Doris Burke. <laughs> <laughs> the GOAT Doris Burke, yes. And, oh, that's the GOAT Doris She's a legend. Absolutely. I'm not even close, but she's definitely my inspiration, 100%. Everybody's inspiration. Everybody, guys and girls. Like, she's just, she's just the shit. She's awesome. Um, so, uh, lastly, man, and congratulations on all that, by the way, obviously. Thank you. And uh, you mentioned earlier in the podcast that you... Uh, uh, or just a, a Nigerian girl trying to make their parents proud when you play the piano. So I, I know I, I watched you at the Nike game a couple weeks back against Ghana get that dub. And, uh, you know, I just I just personally want to know how Nigerian was your household? Like, break it down. Was 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 it, you know what I mean, was it fresh off the boat type of stuff? Like, was it gari every day? Was it, you know what I mean, not so goosey stew? Like, what was, what was it looking like for you? You know, it's so funny because, so first of all, I'm, I'm mixed race. My dad's Nigerian. My mom is white. She's like Eastern European and Jewish, like mm-hmm. out of Russia and Latvia and Poland. Okay. Um, and my dad's from Nigeria, like born and raised in the village. Uh, we're from Edo State. We're Benin tribe. He lives in Aginabode. Like, and actually my dad lives, went back a few years ago. He lives in Nigeria now. Um, and oh, a whole other can of worms. But just, like, <laughs> yeah. From Nigeria this morning, like um, and my middle name is Fatima. Oh, Fatima, like, you know, I hope you're well in America. Thank, thank goodness no cases have, there are no cases reported in Nigeria. And I need to call him back because, and my dad's, like, not in Lagos. Like, he's, like, in his village, like, mm. legit. Like, went, left, left New York and went back to a simpler life to retire there. Wow. And so I need to tell him, like, Dad, they got it in Africa too, babe. They just haven't had the tests. Like, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. And I'm like, you should be also careful with what you're doing. Although, perhaps it hasn't migrated to the villages, but who knows? Um, but I definitely need to have that call. But in any case, how Nigerian was my household? Mad Nigerian. Like, it's funny. when I, I've actually played for the Nigerian national team. Right, yes. I, yes, and basketball. And I remember we were, like, in Nigeria, you know, preparing and practicing and all the girl and, and like most of the team was nigerian born nigerian living and then there were a few like american nigerians who have dual citizenship which i have and were able to play on the team and so me being light-skinned and like you hear how i talk yeah and, like, just kind of just everything like these girls was looking at me like Akata. And, like, <laughs> and, like, they, and like they were quizzing 
amazing me. Like at first, it was like a transition. At first, it was like, "Where are you from?" Like, okay, like, uh, what do you know how to do? And like, they would say, "Like, do you know how to eat? Do you know how to eat fufu and stew?" Of course, like, <laughs> they'd be so impressed when they could see that I like just would love and uh obono soup, uh, obono soup, like eat all that. They were just like, it was, like, mm-hmm. like, like just so proud. And then it changed from challenging my understanding of myself to like. Okay, let's teach her. They try to teach me pigeon, uh, how you day, how far, like everything. Like, mm. was, like they try to. Then they took pride in like kind of making sure like I knew, you know, all the different slangs and stuff. And so, um, basically, I grew up. My dad is a very traditional, old school Nigerian man. Who mm-hmm. Met, mm-hmm. And we know we know how they get down. <laughs> yes, like did not at first like you know we ate. And was very strong about knowing my culture. Like, if I came home and wanted pizza or, like, Chinese food, he would, he would be like, stop running from your roots. <laughs> You're running from your roots. You, you should be proud of who you are. It's like, Dad, I'm six. I want pizza. <laughs> like, and, like, so I, I, I know all the stews. I know all the fufu. I know, like, we used to, my dad used to bring books from, like, his village that, like, taught his, like, local dialect, learned the language. We used to go to meetings. I know dances. Like, I went to African weddings. Like, we watched, we watched, uh, you know, African movies and all sorts of stuff like that. Like, and actually, in some ways, you know, he, one thing my dad predicted, and at first I just thought he was annoying, but he was like, you know, one day people will be paying to know where they're from, but you will know who you are. And, you know, like, he, he predicted 23 and me. Like, mm. everybody's doing it. And I'm like, I don't want to do the test. I know exactly what I am. I know who I am. I know my people. Like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one thing. That's And you passed the Nigerian test because that is exactly what some Nigerian parents would do. I, I was very Americanized myself. My mom and dad born and raised in Nigeria. But when they brought me, well, when they came here, they made sure to let me know you are a Nigerian. And you will know everything about your culture. You will know all that stuff. So... I, I hear where you're coming from, man, and it's it's great to hear. It's great to hear because you know I know a lot of I, I was I was one of them. I was skeptical like, on what because you know I didn't hear. I just saw the last name. I was like on Wood. I'm like mm mm. Then DEs at the end. I can smell Nigerian from anywhere. So <laughs> I pulled pulled right up. But like, what's cool too? Like, and I feel like so thankful for this is. I feel like there's a community of like young up and coming like American Africans who like know each other, support each other, like, you know, meet with each other, convene. um, And I mean, we are friends with all the same friends, but, you know, like have events like, you know, TJ um, and, you know, was the one that invited me to come do that. the, the Nike Jolof. event, yeah. The Ni- it was a Nike event mm-hmm. for the, the Battle of the Real Jolof, and, like, that was wonderful. Like, Stanley's always having African Chop House mm-hmm. events, and, like, you know, I've made some really great, not just connections, but friends. Like, you know, we, we all went to Nigeria last Christmas, and then this year we all went to Ghana for New Year, and, like, there's just so much... Uh, you know, Abby and OK Africa events, like just everybody holding each other down. And I tell my dad about that. Like, he, you know, you should be so proud to know, like, like, I don't even have to know somebody, but like for me to find out that they're um, Nigerian or something, it's like, all right, bet we have the same clan. Like, what's up? Mm. How can we, how can we connect? Like, you know, let's stay in touch. It's like, you know? it's like a, it's like an unspoken bond between everybody, especially in like the New York and LA entertainment sports kind of realm you know what i mean yes. it's like it's it's just unspoken it's like once once i know you you fam it's all right how can we either work together or help each other out or like i'm gonna look out for you or if it's like 
you know, if I'm reading five names and I see one name that sticks out, I'm going to, you know, look out for you yeah. immediately. Like, yeah. it just kind of goes without saying. And that's what most cultures do anyway. So, like, exactly. I think it's really dope that we've all kind of came up in the same sort of uh, group of, of friends and associates that uh, think the same way and were raised uh, pretty similarly. For sure. Yeah, man. So, Roz, uh, thank you so much. This is really, really fun. I enjoyed it. Um, if there's yeah, anything you want to end off with uh, before we head out, but, you know, go ahead and say it. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you good? I don't know. Call your mama. I don't know. Ladies, you know, get on the, get on them YouTube tutorials. Get your eyebrows and lips together. <laughs> <laughs> creative. I don't know. I didn't set all my stuff in this interview. Word up. Word up. Thank you so much, Roz. I really do appreciate you. And stay safe and keep the hands washed. (laughs) Exactly. All right. And that's a wrap on the show. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kazim. That's K-A-Z-E-E-M. And you can follow the page on Twitter, Say Less with Kaz. That's S-A-Y-L-E-S-S-W-I-T-H-K-A-Z. Thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, all those places. Appreciate y'all listening. Leave a nice review, maybe a comment if it's nice enough. And I catch you next week or next day or however long we're doing this shit. But say less.